Hey everyone, it's Steph here. Just before we begin, I want to acknowledge the Darug Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I live, work and record this podcast. I pay my respects to all First Nations people, elders and ancestors, and I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. Hello everybody and welcome to the Emotionally Intelligent Parenting Podcast. I think you guys know who I am. I'm Stephanie Pinto. I am your host and I have a awesome story for you today. This is going to hopefully give you guys a little bit of insight into my family. <laughs> we are, I want to say, perfectly imperfect and um, we do this stuff every day. Like we are still learning. Like I said, we're not perfect. We are still finding out what works for us and our kids because every day is different, right? I don't know if that's the same in your house, but that's how it is at ours. And um, every little moment that we kind of have a bit of a win with our kids, I'm like, yes, nailed it. See, it works. It's it's helpful. It's beneficial. And, um, and I just love emotional intelligence. So... <laughs> So let me tell you this story. Uh, this was something that happened probably um, might even be like nine months ago. It was probably yeah earlier this year, maybe end of last year, I want to say. And um, I know that because um, it was before our beautiful little pooch. She's actually not little, um, but she passed away earlier this year in May. And um, she, for context, she is a German shepherd cross-border collie I should say was see I we miss her so much her name's Peppa so um, this story involves Peppa and um, our two kids but mostly our youngest I'm going to tell you what happened what went down and how emotional intelligence basically saved the day the I want to say the moral of this story is to always acknowledge the emotion first in any challenging situation in any meltdown, in any irritable, cranky, grumpy moment um, or moment of complaint. When your kids complain, they don't want to do something, they don't want to go somewhere, um, something is too hard or they need more time, acknowledge the emotion first. Always. Like, if in doubt, go to the emotion first. You you virtually cannot go wrong. And so let me tell you about this story. So uh, one afternoon we had planned to go to the local park here and there are actually some basketball courts we're obviously going to take Peppa, our dog, and she doesn't get, or she didn't get out too much because we have busy lives. And as terrible as it sounds, we didn't, we didn't take her out for walks and plays like we did, but you know, not every single day. So we had planned to bring her with us and um, the boys were going to kind of, that's my husband and son. We're going to play some basketball. Eve and I, we're going to probably play with Peppa or go on the playground anyway so we'd packed everything kind of in the car it was going to be fun we had the basketball we had the the dog and as we were getting into the car we were I think all kind of strapped in and Eve was clicking in her seatbelt and within like I want to say a minute of her doing that she basically started to get go from zero to a hundred got really upset I'm not going I get me out of here I don't want to go she was unclicking her seatbelt she opened her door she ran up the driveway to the house and we were both 
me and my husband like, uh, what? <laughs> like, what, what did we miss? And, um, and she actually like swung open the front door and ran in. So firstly, I was like, oh, geez, we left the front door open. <laughs> Lucky. Like we wouldn't have known we would have driven off without locking the door. So that was helpful. Um, and so I looked over at my husband and I had this like moment where I was like, babe, give me 10 minutes and then, and I'm sure we'll be, we'll be back. And he was like, okay, cool. Cause he gets it. He, he knows like, I'll try and I don't want to say work my magic, but I will go and connect with her and work through it. And we will, you know, usually come out the other side together. So I went in and she was on her bed, like face down. And she was like, you know, I don't want to go. I'm not going. You can't make me go. You know, all that usual stuff that our kids say. And I was like, ooh, okay, like something has happened. Cause we were just like clicking our seatbelts in. It was fine. She was excited to go. And so I paused and kind of just like gathered my thoughts for a little bit. Cause I was like, okay, something's gone on. I don't know yet what it is, but I definitely know that I am not going to yell and to threaten her and to punish her. You know, because don't we know that sends our kids like the other way backwards, like so not helpful. Right. I could have done that. I could have like thought the day is going to be ruined. Don't ruin this for us. We're all in the car. What's your problem? You're being so silly, like stop being ridiculous. You know, I could have gone down that route. And sometimes we do as parents because we're just not, you know, we're not. Um, switched on we're not kind of in that zone so sometimes we do you know as parents flip our lid and get frustrated and think oh my god you know we've planned this whole day or this afternoon or whatever everyone's in the car and the food and the dog so I get it it's very easy to go down that that route so has this ever happened to you (laughs) something similar it doesn't have to be the exact but I'm sure you've had moments where Your plans potentially go out the window because of one of your kids and is very triggering. So collected myself. And something I want to just insert here is the point that I want to make around, unfortunately, as parents, um, particularly our kids' emotions are very inconvenient. They are so inconvenient. They are like a bother. They are like a little blip in our radar or sometimes a big giant spike they kind of feel like they're getting in the way and they can stuff up our day or our plans or what we, you know, what we had planned for the day. I feel like we really need to get away from that belief that emotions are inconvenient because it can lead us to get really triggered to start, like I said, using threats or bribes or punishments. And that can often end worse. That can ruin the day. Imagine if I had said some of those things, you're being ridiculous, you know, you're making everyone wait, we're in the car and you're in here, hurry up. Um, Maybe a a threat of, if you don't get in the car now, you won't have any ice cream tonight. I don't know, you know, the ridiculous things that we often use as parents to get our kids to cooperate. So didn't do that. What I did do was wait because I didn't want to like nip that emotion in the bud, shove it down. Um, I wanted to give her space to let some of that energy out. Emotions are energy in motion. If you think about the word emotion, energy in motion, 
Don't you know, as a parent, when you get really frustrated or angry or the or grief, you know, or disappointment or hurt that you have a, a sometimes very visceral sensation in your body. There's energy that moves, right? We can think of it as the cortisol or the adrenaline and those those neurochemicals flooding our body. We can think of it like that. Or you can think from an energy point of view. Yes, we sense that. So I allowed that for a little bit. I just kind of, I think I knelt down next to her bed and waited. And then I said something along the lines of, you are really upset and you do not want to get back in the car. Like I just validated and kind of mirrored back what I thought she felt, what I could see, you know, my best guess. She was like, yes, I'm not going, you can't make me. And so I said, something's happened, something changed. You really don't want to go. Um, And so I let her, you know, she was face down and getting really upset and everything. And and I let her kind of yell. Um, I allowed that emotion to kind of take its path, basically, for a little bit. Um, It didn't mean I was condoning her, um, you know, lashing out, throwing things. And like that would have been... I would have taken a different route there, but let's stay. That's a, maybe another time for another episode. <laughs> what to do when your kids do lash out and are physical and dangerous or hurtful. But for now, I simply acknowledged that she was really upset, really didn't want to go, and that something was up. What happened was eventually she kind of turned over, she calmed down, and she looked still, you know, um, irritated or agitated, still unhappy. And so I went to her and I think I asked her if she could, um, if I could sit on the bed or she sit on my lap, something like that. And she did because I was holding the space for those emotions to come out without dismissing them or downplaying them or minimizing them or um, gaslighting them or threatening. So I was like essentially saying, I want to hear it. Let me know. Let it out with me and we'll solve this together. That's kind of my approach or my mentality. We had a little conversation and I remember saying, what is it about um, being in the car, like going to the playground that you don't like? You know, what's getting in the way from you sitting in the car with your seatbelt on um, to get going to the playground because we're going to go. And because I had allowed that emotion to kind of run its course and I had I was telling her I get it. This is, you're not okay with this. Something is up. Because I did that, I think that really diffused the energy and the anger and it helped her calm. And what we know about the brain and how it works when it's emotionally charged is that when those emotions settle, then the logical, rational, thoughtful, you know, reasoning part of the brain switches back online. I could not have done any of what I'm about to do or what I was about to do when she was still upset and dysregulated and distressed. It would have just bounced off her like a trampoline, <laughs> like it would have, it would not have sunk in, right? Um, if I'd have tried to problem solve and say, or if I'd have tried to um, bribe her, come on, once we get there, then we'll do this, I'll buy you an ice cream, like that, you, we would have just been met with a giant no or some more yelling. She answered a couple of those questions and she said, the first thing was, pepper smells. <laughs> And I thought, oh, yeah, 
my daughter, I remember she has just that bit more of a sensitive nose than the rest of us. I remember back to going to the fish markets here in Sydney one time a couple of years ago and she just could not handle, she was about to have a meltdown because it was such a strong smell. Um, and, and other things, she'll smell things before we do anyway. So I was like, ah, oh, of course, you know, being in an enclosed space, the dog kind of smells. <laughs> and then I said, okay, is there anything else that's stopping you from getting in the car? Anything else making it hard for you to come with us so we can go to the, the park and the playground? And she said, um, she always, Pepper always steps on my feet and my legs and scratches me because we just used to like put her in the back with the kids. And I said, oh, so I really allowed, I really made space for you tell me what is getting in your way and what you don't like about this. I didn't go with me and the boys are in the car ready to go. You're ruining all our day. Didn't do that. I was like, you tell me because I want to know because then I'm in an extraordinarily better position to solve the problem to get us all on the way to our day. So long story short, we came up with some ideas, some solutions that kind of ticked her boxes and my boxes. I said, I wonder how we can get to the playground um, because I know we'll have fun and you want to play whilst also making sure Pepper doesn't smell or you don't smell her <laughs> and uh, making sure that she doesn't scratch your legs and hurt you and things like that. So Eve came up with the idea to get her um, beautiful little fabric frozen, like Elsa, Elsa and Anna frozen mask that she had from the lockdowns that she still kind of plays with. And she goes, I could put this on and that will block my nose. And I think we ended up putting a tiny dot of like essential oil on it or something. Um, and I was like, great. And I said, you know what? We could also put Pepper in the boot and I'll make sure she, that she stays there and, you know, with her lead and stuff. Oh, and we talked about having the windows down. That was right. Having the windows down so we had a bit of fresh air. <laughs> and I did say, look, you know, we all want to go and I know you'll have fun at the playground. We've been looking forward to it. And also Pepper doesn't get out much. So I did like we do get to say to our kids, hey, there are some reasons why we need to or want to go and do that thing. Um, but we also need to listen to our kids because it's not like a one way street of of listening and respect. Do you know what I mean? It goes both ways. So I think if I didn't acknowledge the emotion and I jumped straight to the problem solving, I probably would have like solved a problem that we didn't have. I would have um, come up with some solution that was not related to her smelling our dog, <laughs> our smelly pooch. She wasn't even that smelly. She just probably needed a bath. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I would have, we would have not have solved the problem durably, like properly. It wouldn't have been a good outcome. We would have like missed the mark. So from my point of view, this emotionally intelligent way of parenting I'm like isn't this just fair isn't this just respectful it's like we want to teach negotiating and listening to our kids but we we often don't do that it's crazy so I always remind myself the respect goes both ways the listening goes both ways the negotiating goes both ways right so acknowledging emotions does a few things firstly it validates how that other person in this situation, my daughter, validates how she feels. It calms the energy of whatever those emotions are. They're riding high on the wave. It's about to crash. They're going to melt down. You know, it calms and diffuses that energy. It's sending the message to that other person. 
I hear you and I see you. I see you're not okay. I see something is up. I hear that you are not happy about this. And that's important to me. If you think about it in, if you have a partner or a spouse or, you know, someone you care about, that's the stuff that we all want to experience. And on the flip side, when you don't feel seen and heard and important and like what you think or what you're experiencing matters, you do not like that one bit. It pushes people away like magnets. So acknowledging emotions also sends that message of let's work this out together because I'm on your side. Too often we are not on our kid's side or we have our own agenda. We railroad their agenda with ours and that's not fair. And that's that's another surefire way to push our kids away from us and make them feel like we don't get it, we never listen, it's so unfair and so on. And I think the last thing it does is that it opens the space for problem solving, for finding solutions together so we can all cooperate and get what we need to get done. Essentially, it saves you time in the long run. And actually, this reminds me of a beautiful quote by Pam Leo that I absolutely love, which is, either we spend time meeting children's emotional needs by filling their cup with love, or we spend time dealing with behaviors caused from their unmet needs. Either way, we spend the time. So in that situation, I could have spent time threatening her, yelling, being really mad, um, punishing her, getting her in the car, probably eventually somehow getting her in the car. And then the rest of the day, she would have been melting down, feeling disconnected, angry. She would have had an awful time at the park. So would I. Maybe there would be screaming in the car, but I would have got my way. Like that is time and energy that is spent or I spent honestly 10 to 15 minutes max in her room with her, validating, acknowledging the emotion, then problem solving. And then we had a beautiful afternoon at the park. We did go. We got in. Everything was fine. Put Pepper in the boot. She had her mask on. Windows were down. It was brilliant. So I hope you take something away from this episode I think stories are such an important way for us to teach and share what we know, what we know works. It might not be the exact same situation for you and your child, but take away some of those little nuggets around acknowledging the emotion first and then going from there. I think it is so, so, so powerful. If you have found this episode interesting or valuable, I would absolutely love if you give the podcast a rating. It's still super new and I'm still trying to get it out there to reach a lot of parents because I know emotional intelligence is so, so powerful. So thank you if you take the time to do that. I would absolutely love it. Have an awesome rest of your day and I will see you guys on the next one.